soccer situation. I've got plenty of time to edit. Alright. Um, yeah, let's just dive in. Welcome to episode 8 of Soccer Situations, our first in-person pod. Uh, I'm Todd. And I'm Alex. And we are condemned to use the tools of our enemies. <laughs> that's, the, that's the line I've been thinking about with Liverpool's sale penny. If an oil state buys us, I'm going to be like, I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. That's a perfect, just perfect quote for that. Yeah. Billionaire. So, for those that aren't directly in our family, if there's anybody listening, uh, I'm in Grand Rapids right now at Alex's house for my birthday. Birthday weekend. Yeah, yesterday was my birthday. I turned 26. Yep. And um, it's been a vibe. We smoked a ton of pot. We've watched a lot of soccer. And ate a lot of food. Eating so much garbage. Yep, both of our stomachs are upset currently from eating too much food. We've eaten so badly that that English muffin bacon breakfast sandwich I had today felt like I was eating vitamins. Like that felt hell. That was a healthy choice. Yeah, there was a, there were some greens on that sandwich. <laughs> it's true. I saw some spinach on there. Maybe that's why my stomach hurts. It's the greens. It's not the greasy food I've eaten for the last three days. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Um. I actually want to talk a little bit about Andor, though. Um, yeah, do it. It's just the it's the best, and it's getting better week by week. And it's almost over, and I feel like aside from Ian, I don't know anybody that's watching it. And it's driving me fucking crazy. This show, the, the first episode, I was like, this might be the best thing on TV. The second episode, it just escalates, and now I'm like, it's reaching all time levels of TV. Like it's in the Sopranos, Deadwood fucking conversation. That I to imagine our Star Wars show ever going there. Um, I could have never dreamed of it. It's good. It's so fucking good. Yeah, like the depth of a, a show like that from a Star Wars, yeah. Star Wars world is amazing. Yeah, Disney created the Mandalorian, and I think everyone thought this is as good as Star Wars can possibly get. Yeah, you know, and it's still a very simple Star Wars tale. You know, it's like the lone samurai, like lone wolf and cub, baby. Uh, it, it's still a space opera. You know, it's yeah. still the Star Wars that we've always known. And this shit is just next level, dude. Um, for people that don't know, it's written and created by Tony Gilroy, this guy that uh, wrote this little movie called Michael Clayton, which is one of the best movies ever. Absolute scandal that it didn't win Best Picture. Um, and he's taken that energy, um, like dramatic Academy Award worthy energy, to uh, the Star Wars universe. And it's absolutely insane. Um, Super frustrating because I feel like nobody's watching it because the last few shows they put out, uh, like that Book Every of Boba mediocre. Fett. Oh my God, Book of Boba Fett was such trash, dude. Yeah. They shouldn't even have tried to make a Boba Fett show after they had Mandalorian. Um, yeah. If they were going to make a Boba show, that was the story it needed to be. He was the man of few words, like Wandering Samurai. That's what he was. Exactly. You know? And once they made Mando, um, they had to essentially reinvent Boba Fett. Yeah, which was such a bad as idea. Like a, as like a small town mob boss. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, they, it was a disappointment. They had like kids on like super like bright candy colored Vespas doing like super slow car chases. And um and then Obi-Wan came out and that show was fucking even worse somehow. Did you watch that at all? I didn't watch Obi-Wan, but I heard that was absolutely horrible. Dude, it looks it looked like unused footage from the prequels. It looked so bad. 
Um, and the story was incomprehensible. Somehow he was like babysitting baby Leia, which was just completely made up. I thought he was babysitting baby Luke, and they were like, no, that's boring. He's babysitting baby Leia. That makes, <laughs> it was so terrible. That makes no sense. And at the time, I, when I was watching, I felt like they just made up any old story just to get him in a, in a lightsaber fight with Darth Vader again. Uh, but it was dumb. But anyway, all that aside, Andor is the greatest thing on television. This latest episode features monologues by Andy Serkis and Stellan Skarsgård that just absolutely destroy, including... We're condemned to use the tools of our enemies. <laughs> <laughs> what have I sacrificed? Everything. Sorry, you just gotta watch. It's so good. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right, I'm gonna have to start. Dude, yeah. That's my birthday wish, Alex. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it for the birthday. Yeah. Uh, should we move on? <laughs> the football's anything yeah, else going football. on in life? Oh, what else is going on in life? Not much, right? already middle of november somehow yeah Thanks. i've got a little bit of news on the work front i don't know if i should share it on the pod or our audience is going to get too excited yeah it's true <laughs> they might get too hyped we'll leave that one as a cliffhanger yeah here on the running order i have a quick uh, league cup recap uh, i think we don't need to say too much about that sadly liverpool went through thanks to the heroics of quivine kelleher <laughs> uh, saved three penalties, didn't get the memo that we don't want to be in this competition. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate for y'all. Yeah, I got more games to worry about. Yeah. Arsenal did the right thing and ducked out nice and early. Arsenal's on title track, and they they, they politely bowed out of the League Cup, as you should. Looks like everyone else, though, went through, really. Like, most of the big boys went through. Tottenham, of course, lost. Right. But yeah. everyone else looks like they kept going. <laughs> yeah it doesn't mean i still want to be there yeah 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 it was weird it was weird though like uh arsenal's match i didn't i can't say anything about it because it was not televised anywhere in the world that's really strange just, arsenal brighton in the efl cup seems like a a decent sized match yeah yeah that's completely ignored by the television is wild that's what happens when ESPN gets soccer rights. ESPN just casually discards games, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a frustrating one. I was looking forward to it, even though I knew there was a good chance we'd lose because we would heavily rotate, but in Brighton's a good side. Yeah. Well, that competition doesn't matter. Let's move on to the league. Uh, I'm a little bit out of order here. The first kickoff of the weekend was uh, Manchester City hosting Brentford, the Bees, and they were buzzers. Stinging Manchester City. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Brentford. They kind of uh, have a reputation for these uh, upsets at the top of the table. And I think Tony did it again. Um, honestly, the first 10 minutes of that match, Brentford was just cutting through City, um, cutting the pieces, counterattack after counterattack. They could have had three in the first 10 minutes. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, it seems like a classic match where, like, uh, you kind of see every once in a while a team will come around and expose one of these big sides where like if you pressure them, they can make mistakes and you can cut them, cut them the pieces on the counter. And it's kind of been that way for years. Like City dealt with that. Liverpool has dealt with that. Arsenal's dealt with that when they were playing like free flowing attacking. Like teams, they always come up against a team. If they have the energy and the game plan right, they can take advantage. 
for sure. And it um, seemed like he did. Yeah, yeah. Tony scored early and scored late. Um, last one, a super, super funny little situation. Like there was a serious injury. That's not the funny part. Um, to who was it? Castella who went down for a minute? I can't remember. Anyway, there were 10 minutes of added time. Um, tie game. And Gardiola was so excited about that 10 minutes. He was flashing a big 10, 10, 10 to his, to his players. And it didn't go the way he wanted. Um, in the 98th minute, I, another routine counterattack like you just described. Yeah. Honestly, it looked like slow motion, like they were on a training Simple, pit. like triangle passing. Yeah, yep. diagonal out, out to the flank, cut it across, a little cutback, and tap it in. It was so simple. It did. It was very simple. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in Brentford. Thomas Frank, hipster dad, is really cool. He's, that's a fun team. Yeah, Thomas Frank's awesome. And I like I tell me, yeah, they're a good team to watch. They're fun. Thomas Frank reminds me of hipster dad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> see that? I can see that hipster dad vibes, cool dad vibes. Yeah. Um, after that, we went out to uh, Speakeasy here in Grand Rapids, a rare pub appearance for the Barebow Brothers. Yeah, we're not um, not the big pub guys anymore. Nah, it's not our old, those days are behind us. Way too old for the pub scene. Um, but uh, yeah, we made it out for Liverpool, Southampton at Speakeasy. Nice chill bar. I liked it um, until they fed me a birthday shot that tasted like French toast and acted like that was going to be a good thing that I wanted. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. When you you've been requested Jameson and then they bring you Jameson with maple syrup. Yeah, no. And bacon. Don't want that. Didn't want it. Almost threw up. It smelled like awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, what I did want was a Darwin Nunez double, and I got it. It was pretty good. Um, that was a really kind of boring routine win um, from Liverpool, three-one over Southampton. Um, it felt routine, and I'll take it because we haven't had any of that this year. So yeah, it's a it's nice to get that comfort comfortable win under your belt when you've been struggling a bit up and down you start to feel like a bit of that regular like okay maybe we're back it looks comfortable confident darwin looked great yeah he looked lethal he looked threatening the entire time could have had more yeah absolutely uh, yeah lately we've been we've been struggling specifically with the relegation teams so to see us kind of just brush one aside um was was pretty nice don't have much more to say about that. A little bit of confidence going into the break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know you want to move on. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? I don't want to talk about anything. I've got nothing to talk about. You were a little stressed for Arsenal Wolves for the first half. I was. I was. The first half was not an impressive performance. Um, I don't remember being particularly threatened by Wolves, to per se, but... Arsenal didn't look up, like up for it in the first first half. They, they weren't really moving the ball quickly. Wolves was definitely setting up, you know, deep, trying to hold hold what they had. Uh, but the second half, finally, the the quick passing came back, and uh, our creative players were able to finally start breaking through, getting through the lines. Uh, yeah, after that first goal. Like I said at the time, it, all of a sudden it just seemed like oh, this is just a this is another step in the title. It's just a routine win. Yeah, it was a nice routine win. It was a uh, yeah. It's it was not. It's nice to see us be able to do that and not get frustrated anymore. Um, 
so many times in the past recently, it's been like uh, yeah, that team under pressure, but like as the time goes, they get less and less effective. They panic more. Uh, it's nice to see their team can keep that focus for the entire 90 minutes and find a way to win, even when they're not passing well or not moving the ball well. Uh, also great to see an Odegaard double. Yeah. Been amongst the goals. It's nice. Odegaard is the complete player. Uh, the more I see of him, I've already said this exact sentence on this podcast, but the more I see of him, the more I like him. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's box to box. He's getting it all done. He's creating plays. He's putting it in the net. Um, he's, he's strong. He seems like a natural leader. He's so good. Yeah. 23 year old captain. You know, he, people forget cause he's been around for so long, how young he really is. It's crazy. 23 year old captain. He's, he, you know, everyone says it. He's not the vocal leader of the team, but he is the leader of that team on the pitch. It really looks like it. He exudes leadership in a way that, yeah, sometimes you just see, you know? Yeah. It's super impressive. Um, and like, what a steal for us to get, get him for the price we did. It was like, like around 30 million pounds. Yeah. For a player that had previously been hyped to like Neymar levels. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration. He was one of those teen phenoms. Yeah. I mean, he was a 16 year old wonder kid that like, I mean, Madrid signed him. They will, they put a lot of money into him mm-hmm. um, thinking he was going to be the next big thing. He still can. He's only 23. Like he's just kind of coming into his own as a, as a player. So yeah, finally had some stability in his career too. I think that's the nicest thing for him is he's he's got some stability in Arsenal finally. Yeah, sometimes that's all a player needs. It seems like this episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, they're not just friends of the pod; they're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com. Promo code... Situations. Once again, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com using the promo code SITUATIONS. Um, I didn't put Leeds Tottenham in the running order. Uh, That ended up being a pretty eventful game, Uh, seven goals in all, with Tottenham uh, winning 34 in the end with a late winner. Annoyingly. Yeah. yeah. We were enjoying ourselves at the bar, laughing at the Tottenham tables, and then they came back and won it. The table of beta fish. <laughs> it was just, I mean, that was the most classic Tottenham fan table I've ever seen. Alex leans across the table and whispers at me, how spurgy is that table? <laughs> and I look, and it's just a bunch of dudes. Like, I, I, I don't know how to describe the spurziness. I mean, it was just beta energy all over yeah, the place. 
It truly was. It's hard to describe what you're seeing, but when you know it, when you see it, as they say, you know, <laughs> it's hard to describe a Spurs fan, but you know it when you see it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, congratulations to them, I guess, on their their exciting comeback win. Yeah, we'll let them have it. Yeah. Um, for Jesse Marsh, uh, not getting a ton of breaks at Leeds. They had a pretty, they played a pretty good game. I think they deserved a point there. Yeah, it's one of those teams that looks really good. It's very attacking, kind of like they were under Bielsa. But, uh, you know, with a 3 1 lead at one point. Yeah. Um, and then just this morning, or actually just a couple hours ago, we watched uh, Fulham host Manchester United um, in the lovely new ultra-modern Craven Cottage. Um, I don't know if they've just had scaffolding up all season or if I just haven't watched a Fulham game all season, but I had not noticed Craven Cottage's new facade until uh, the wide shot on NBC this morning. It's like, damn, it looks so great. And on the inside, it's still totally classic retro English stadium. Yeah, I'm happy to see that they were able to do that modern build and keep the crop cottage as it is, as the adorable football pitch that it is. Yeah, yeah. If you lost those little, like, kind of bow truss terracing and, and the actual cottage itself, it would have been tragic. Yeah, no, that's got to stay that way. Almost as tragic as a late Manchester United winner, which we got today. Um, again, Fulham, tough break on Fulham. I think they absolutely deserve to get something out of that game. Yeah, they were evenly matched with United, to say the least, in that game. Mm-hmm. They were they deserved a point at least out of it. Um, another like random kid yeah. off the bench for United, yeah. Yeah. a winner in a game that they don't really deserve. This kid Garnacho, yeah, I, he's coming off the bench. I'm like, oh boy, he looks smug. He's such an asshole. Another terrible haircut. Bad haircut. Don't like his attitude. Don't like the shirt he's wearing. Just sprints down that wing, slots went home. It's just. Worst case scenario for me. Yeah. Um, Poor defending. <laughs> slow. Yeah. Slow to get out to the danger. And it was just, yeah, too easy. You really got to hope he's another. Um, yeah. Let's hope this kid is another Federico Makeda. And, yeah. We'll uh, see him in the Italian second division soon. Yeah. Can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the running the end of the running order here. But um, obviously, let's talk a little bit about. Um, what this midwinter break looks like now, because there's some weird implications. Um, uh, obviously, the Premier League is breaking now for about two months um, to host a horrific winter World Cup. And it's there's going to be some strange side effects to this, obviously, um, aside from the break itself. I was just thinking about the fact that it's going to wrap up around Christmas and uh, we're going to jump right into the winter transfer window. Um, yep. Usually there are matches going on and the results of these matches uh, during the kind of condensed holiday season could contribute to gossip, transfer gossip. Like, oh, this team needs this, oh, this team's falling down, the, the winter fixtures, they need this, this, and this. And we're not going to have any of that. And in fact, for the Asians, it's probably going to be, I don't know if it's going to be easier or more difficult for them that everyone's going to be in Qatar at the moment. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to see a more active winter window because everyone's all going to be in the same room together already. It's true that everyone's going to be in the same room together. There's also a lot more time right now for these managers and transfer teams to work together right. on scouting, really narrowing down who they want to target, who are is like are feasible targets for them. Um, 
So when January window opens, it could just take off for the spark. Yeah. You could see a ton of transfers really fast. He was looking for new investment partners to buy Jude Bellinghams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get Indian billionaires so that they can get a Jude Bellingham in. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> I expect I expect Arsenal to add, especially with I mean going into this break five points clear. They, the the owners have to invest in trying to win this title. Yeah, you sound like a Liverpool fan now. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no, you're right. You're right. Um, what are the perceived weaknesses uh, in this squad right now? Uh, midfield is definitely thin. Um, particularly in that, like, Granit Xhaka, uh, um, Thomas Partey, Pivot roles. Those those two players, if they one of them drops out of our team right now, the team looks completely different. He does so much for this team as, like, being that support and base of that midfield. And we don't really have a player that can fill that role. Um, Xhaka's shown that he isn't physically agile enough to play that role. Um, as much as we all love Granit Xhaka now, He's the hero of Arsenal currently, but um, he's just not physically quick enough to play that role to Partey. As his lo- like Partey's long strides and legs, he can just like reach and pull balls off players all the time as they're trying to pass through the lines. And I think uh, that that position and um, the right wing where Saka's playing um, have been a problem because Saka plays every single game, and now he's at the World Cup. And we have no one to play that role, really. Like, there's a, a natural sided winger. So, sure. um, I could see those two happening. They came close in the summer, and I think I could see those two happen in January. Sure. Um, that kind of investment. Um, I don't know who it's going to be, but um, I could see us investing in somebody. Are you at all worried about this mini Jesus goal drop? Do you want another striker? Whew. That's tough because, um, as much as in Katia has moments um yeah i don't know if he's the same level player i guess we haven't seen enough of him really but um it does like after jesus things kind of drop off pretty drastically in the middle up front Mm. um but as long as the team is scoring goals i guess jesus isn't a problem for us right um right now from midfield yeah we're getting goal odegaard scoring he's got Saka, martinelli um, we also have ML Smith Rowe that people forget about, who's been out for a long time. Oh wow! Since the beginning of the season. Wow, yeah, I Smith forgot about him. Um, and he's a really good player for us. He's he's especially he can play anywhere across the front three, um, or that like, guard role. So, I think that'll be good for us in January too, getting him back hopefully to full fitness. Cool. Um. The other issue in a title tilt sometimes is um, you have the youngest squad in the league. Are you concerned about these kids sweating it when you get down to the final stretch? Do you think you should hire some veteran veteran leadership? You know, I think that's the thing that we've seen different this year. I think last year taught these kids a lot. They choked in the top, in the top four race. It was in their hands and they choked and they felt that pain. I hope that they've learned a bit from that, like where they can't take, take a day, get a day off or game off. Like, I think that's what everyone's, and I feel like, I feel like it's a little overhyped, but like Sinchenko, Jesus, like winning mentality coming into the squad. I think it's a little overhyped, but also I get that they're, they're there to say like, 
This doesn't matter. This I time it doesn't matter. I think that's real. Um, the comparison we I could make is um, Milner coming into our squad when we had fallen short a couple times. Yeah. And um, his leadership in the locker room has been remarked upon just infinitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's been there and won it all with so many teams. He knows what it takes. Yeah. And you can't take your foot off the gas. Like, like City is going to continue to win it. Yes, they've had a couple blips. Yeah. But you can't count on blitz. No, you got to focus, dude. These young Gen Z football players, they got no attention span. Dude. It's true. They're, they're all on TikTok. You got to have a Zinchenko on the there every day. Hey, focus up. Yeah. Focus up. If we want to win this thing, it has to be 100% focused till the end. Yeah. I mean, those title races between Liverpool and City are points. One point differences. We like, lost the title on one point twice. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> like, that is, that's it. That should be enough heartbreak forever to let you know, like, do not take your foot off the gas. One one point is brutal way to lose the title. Totally, bro. Um, so yeah, I mean, it will it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, this is the best start Arsenal's ever had. They're like hundred and like hundred and thirty-five years. Or something. They've had crazy. It's really crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, every club right but one that has been in this position has gone on to win the league. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Now <laughs> uh, and that one club is Newcastle, and boy, are they on the march! So maybe they'll have a say in this title race as well. Who knows? Newcastle might have a say, a big say in this title race. Yeah, Miguel Elmeron looks like a fucking Fraggle Rock Muppet that had a wish to be a real boy. It's just lighting up the league all of a sudden. He is. It's it's baffling, man. I mean, they're in third. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Saudis, God, the, the audacity that they're awake kit, it's just blatantly Saudi colors makes me so upset. <laughs> <laughs> it really, like, oh, it fires me up, dude. I know. It's uh, frustrating. I'm trying not to, like, be that guy that's just too political when it comes to footy, but, man, just the audacity of it, dude. <laughs> I know. I know. They're just laughing in our faces. Yeah, because they know how controversial that ownership is. And they're like, yeah, you don't like this? Look at this kit we made. It's yeah. got a fucking sword on it, just like the Saudi flag. I would be surprised yeah. if it did right across the chest. Just like, got the Saudi flag across the chest. Um, they did everything but. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what will come next? Right. Uh, we didn't really give a shout-out to Unai um, Emery. Uh, oh, yeah. Two matches, two wins for Aston Villa. Um, I commented today that you could just see the banks of players, so like how organized that Villa team is immediately. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a, a damning indictment of Gerard's ring if they turn this around, but um, we've seen new manager bumps for real. This this could level out. Yeah, it could level out. Um, but also, Unai is undeniably an upgrade from Gerard in terms of the manager, I think. Yeah, I think I think a club like Villa pulling at Unai Emery right now is a huge deal for that club. Um, they're sitting at 12th right now, but I, I mean, I feel like they can climb at this point. Um, maybe they give Unai a little money in January, bring in one or two players. Um, right. We start a countdown. How many seasons will it be until Villa wins the Europa League? Yeah. Right. Seriously, if they can get into it this season, it could just take two really good he's a he's a master of winning a cup competition yeah classy dude too i'm glad he's back in the league 
Yeah. I think we talked about it a little earlier today. He got a bad rap um, at Arsenal, um, which I think was very unfair. That club was in absolute shambles when he took it over. Um, with As far as the squad goes, I think the club, the running of the club has always been pretty tight. Wenger set it up pretty well financially for the future, but as far as the squad he had to deal with and the amount of outgoings that needed to happen and incomings, uh, he was in for a, a rough time. So I'm happy to see him back and having some early success. Yeah, I agree. Again, as we mentioned earlier, um, he had that rough time at Arsenal and then a rough time at PSG. And you know, yeah. we can discard that time at PSG just as easily. No one can manage that squad of idiots. Yeah. And um, Unai's time with mid-range Spanish teams has been just nothing but faultless. So impressive. Yeah. He always pushes them to the absolute limits they can achieve. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. impressive. I hope he uh, I hope he has a good time at Villa. Um, I like that he, he seems like a really quiet, thoughtful guy, but I like that he came back to England. It shows kind of a mental toughness, you know? It's true. Yeah, he didn't shy away from coming back and trying to prove himself again. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't. He should be confident. His track record speaks for itself if you look at, actually take a deep look at it outside of just his you know, time at the big clubs. Aside from footy, I, we've got, hmm, I feel like we should talk a little pod business. Um, I want to pitch the website relaunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been working on a website redesign um, and I'm pretty proud of how it looks. It's, uh, I hope to have it launched next week. Nice. If I know myself, um, maybe by the end of November. <laughs> um, you, gotta, I, you gotta move to plot to plot as well yeah yeah um well geez spoiled it um oh yeah we were supposed to say that <laughs> later weren't we? i don't know why i decided to keep that a secret that didn't make any sense so i guess let's just say yeah um i am officially moving to grand rapids and me and alex will be potting in person full time uh i'm pretty excited um it's gonna allow me a lot more time to uh edit and produce and really develop the voice of this pod into what I want it to be. Hopefully uh, get some better audio video set up as well. So more permanent space for us to record it. Yeah. We want to build out a, a physical space. You know, I think uh, being face to face will loosen up a little bit more. Uh, I appreciate it. Y'all are enjoying this podcast, but it's definitely not quite the free flowing day to day conversations that we have. And that's where I want to get it. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to developing the kind of voice and brand of this pod in the next few months, um, and broadening its scope a little bit too. Uh, if you don't know, I went to school for journalism and originally wanted to be a culture critic, love writing about film and music, and the new version of the website is going to encompass all of that, give me a little outlet, um, to write and, um, yeah, please stop by soccersituations.com. Um, it's bare bones and out of date at the moment, but we will keep you posted when it, when the new site is live. Um, we hope to have video content posted there soon as well. Yeah, I think I would like to do some, uh, you know, once if we get a little set up, maybe in the living room over there for games. Um, when we just sit and smoke and have watching matches and commentating on it. Yeah, it'd be fun to just throw a GoPro up or something and catch that audio video of us just like 
Yeah, let's, let's be real. Our best stuff comes out in those moments. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that can be our Patreon content, and that's the stuff people will want to actually watch because that's going to be a uh, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> that's, that's real talk express. Yeah, yeah. We'll say some real stupid. We think the stuff we say on here is stupid at times. Yeah, we've had time to think about it. Yeah, wait till it just, <laughs> yeah, wait till it just comes off the cuff. Yeah. You want to see me at my most idiotic, put me in a local pub with a table of Tottenham pants that I'm trying to agitate next to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll say some loud, stupid stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, so look forward to that um, new website. Also, would not mind some guests. I think we gave this shout-out in the first episode. Yeah. But if you're interested in being a guest on the pub, reach out. Um, I know... At least a handful of my footy friends are listening to this, and you support teams other than me. You're tired of hearing us talk about Liverpool and Arsenal for 80% of the time. Yeah. Um, Skype in with us. We're recording via Skype. Um, we can get you a mic if you need one. Um, and uh, yeah. it's easy in. enough to get you involved. Come talk some shit with us. Yeah. yeah. Right. Give us a wall to bounce some ideas off of, too. Yeah. We need more. Uh, more voices on here, the better. I'm going to stick with my biased voice for the time being and um, jump back into the footy news. We missed a game. Um, AFC Bournemouth 3, Everton nil. Yes. Uh, Super Frank Lampard's Everton is right back down in the relegation fight. So that's the uh, managerless Bournemouth that took them apart, right? Oof, that's tough. And uh, they lost to managerless Bournemouth twice in a week, I believe. Oof. Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good sign for you. Extra, extra tough. Um, I I gotta be honest. I didn't watch this game. Uh, I was watching it on the ticker. From what I hear, uh, Everton put up no fight whatsoever. Bournemouth just cruised through that game. And um, as such, when Frank encouraged his team to go flat the away fans, the away fans actually got in a scrap with the police because they were trying to get at the players. Uh, Everton's shirts were tossed onto the pitch. Those those toffees are not happy. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty bad situation. That's not a good sign for the manager. That's not a good sign for the owners of the club. That's a. I mean, I gotta say, it's as somebody who we didn't. I don't know if we got quite that bad. But Arsenal fans were not a happy bunch not too long ago. I have definitely felt in the past like Arsenal fans have been some whiny bitches, but uh, yeah. I've never seen them try and fight a player. Yeah. <laughs> They got a little heated with Granite Xhaka, but, you know, he uh, did tell him to fuck off at one point, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That worked out. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, look at us now. We're all a happy family now. Yeah. But anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing Everton in this relegation fight. Um, they're sitting in 17th. Below them is Forest, Southampton, and Wolves. Uh, Wolves rock bottom, shockingly. Um, they're kind of my great hope um, to get their shit together and climb out of that relegation scrap. Drop it Everton back down in. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see Forrest or Southampton uh, doing a whole lot before the end of the season, but... We'll see what uh, Nathan Jones, what what he brings to the table at Southampton, if they can stabilize. I have no idea. Um, Forrest, we mentioned it in episode one or two. They brought in 19 players over the summer, which is, was an insane move. They've already fired the recruitment team that brought in most of those players, so they're aware of the mistake they made. Um We'll see if they can clean it up in January by bringing in another 19. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just 17. 
Yeah, like, what do you do at that point? You've, you've literally built, you bought an entire new squad, not just like you're starting 11, but an entire new squad. Yeah. You don't, you, you kind of put yourself in a horrible spot. I mean, every pundit, every professional person said this is a terrible idea. Yeah. I don't know who their, you know, advisors are at the club, but that's yeah. pretty bad. I've never seen anything like it, and it's going exactly like you thought it would. Yep. Yep, they'll be right down there at the bottom, I think, come the end of the season. <laughs> well, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Alex? I don't think so. This might be a little bit of a short episode, which isn't what I was expecting. I thought the in-person pod was going to be epic. Um, <laughs> but, More um, concise to the point when we're in person, maybe. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe I just don't enjoy looking directly at you, so I want to get out of here. <laughs> when we set up the studio, we got to set up at a 90-degree angle. So I yeah, we need some here. walls. Yes. Uh, so the Premier League is officially on break for six weeks. Uh, we will keep bringing the pod to you. We're not going to talk too much about the World Cup. Uh, I will pitch this one major feature that the website will be launching with is a timeline of the season so far. And it's excellent. It's going to be super cool. Um, and it's also going to include a prologue timeline of the creation of the Qatar World Cup. There's some super fun facts in there. Um, so, again, um, we'll keep the pod coming week to week. I'll let you know when that article and the new website are live. And if you want to contribute, Todd at SoccerSituations.com, let me know. Um, Get involved. Well, that's it for me. Uh, that's it for me. All right, y'all. Everybody, have a good week, and um, see you next time. <laughs> Perfect, Alex. Don't overthink it. <laughs> Soccer. Soccer, 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 soccer. Situation. Situation.